the mark of the beast, the Antichrist, the lake of fire, the second death. These are images that flooded my adolescent mind alongside real-life stories of pastors in Soviet prisons and mental institutions. This was all alongside the ever-present possibility of a nuclear holocaust. Fast forward to today, we have Russian hackers, disinformation campaigns, fake news, conspiracy theories, and to top it all, a global pandemic. Surely, the stage is set. I'm Paul White, and this is Apocalypse, the Book of Revelation. Join me and my special guest and friend Pete Milner as we explore what God might be saying through this incredible book to us today. Hi everyone and welcome to another sauntering podcast with me, Paul White, and my great friend Pete Milner. And we're journeying through the book of Revelation, and we're now on chapter 12. Wow. How exciting. We're hitting the halfway point. Wow. So, Lord Jesus, today we want to see you. We want our eyes to be opened, just like the Apostle John, and to have that vision of the majesty of Jesus filling our hearts and consuming us with your passion. In Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. Amen. So, Pete, here we go. The woman and the dragon. verse twelve, uh, Chapter 12, sign. verse 1. <clears throat> and a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads, seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was caught up to God and his throne mm. and the woman fled into the wilderness where she was where she has a place prepared by god in which she is to be nourished for 1260 days there's that I number think we've again. heard that number before haven't we mm -hmm. so what is going on here okay we wonder well i like to do a bit of a who's who yeah. with this if you like so all right who's the male child who rules the nations like a rod of iron and has been caught up to heaven and sit on the throne of God. Well, one would assume Jesus. I, I think assume rightly, yes. So, who is the dragon? Uh, we would assume the devil, or yes, yeah. I think we'd kind be of right to... of him, yeah. Yeah, we'd be right to see the great red dragon as that hideous <clears throat> old ancient serpent mm -hmm. who is the devil and Satan. Mm -hmm. um, that's clear. But who is the woman? Well... I know some people would say she is the nation of Israel. All right. Um, and she's given birth to Jesus, which, I mean, she kind of did, I guess, in that he is Jewish. Right. Um, and, and 
I mean, in a more literal sense, Mary is the one who gives birth to yep. Jesus, isn't it? And so some people like to say it's Mary. Yeah, I've heard that one. Obviously, that's a popular view in the world of Catholicism and probably the Orthodox Church, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. And, and this would be a, a central figure for them. Yep. Um, I think the, the 12 stars is an interesting one because that, that sort of implicates Israel in a way, doesn't it? Because it's like 12 kind stars, of, yeah. 12 tribes. Yep. We could kind of get there with imagery. But for me... I think there's something really important to see about the way that these figures are treated through the whole Bible. And if I just give you a little potted summary, mm -hmm. a little rapid reflection. Isaiah says, chapter 55, he says, As the rain and snow fall from heaven and do not return to heaven yet without watering the earth and giving bread for the yeah. eater, seed for the sower, so is the word that comes from my mouth, declares the Lord. It will, it will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish the fullness of the purpose for which I sent yeah. it. So here's an example um, of how I think prophecy should be seen as something with immediate fulfillment, potential middle term and future fulfillments mm -hmm. and an ultimate fulfillment and fullness of expression. Yeah. And, you know, all of that should be seen as like like the water cycle. You yeah. know, the water just trickles through the whole land and then right. and then rises again. And it's always going on, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So Isaiah says that in chapter seven, you know, there's going to come this baby who will be born and, um, you know, all Isaiah seven, conceived. eight and nine. And yeah. in the most immediate sense, we're talking about his own kid. You know, yeah. I went to the prophetess and she conceived and gave birth to a child. And lo and behold, the, the prophecy came true. Yeah. Um, but in another sense, Matthew says, you know, the virgin, the, the woman is is Mary and she gives birth to this child mm -hmm. who is Jesus. And yet there's there's so much more to it than simply that, you know, um, in a way, I think the, the woman is best seen as Zion, virgin daughter mm -hmm. Zion, who, who, you know, break forth and cry aloud for greater is the children of Zion than mm -hmm. the one who, who has no children. This image sort of appears throughout the prophetic text. Yeah. And I think that seeing her as <clears throat> Zion is helpful because she is the symbolic representation of the, the kind of the ideal of the or the sort of spiritual reality of Israel but also of the church mm. you know we're not just looking at Israel the ancient kingdom or, or the Jewish people as the sort of human re representation of, of Israel today but we're looking at Zion that heavenly figure who who has given birth to this um, male child who will rule the nations with a rod of iron and it's the dragon who, who tries to destroy him when he's born. Literally, yeah. We remember yeah. reading, yeah. don't we, about, about Herod's little plot to yeah. try and kill off any successor to his own throne. And that, you know, John and Matthew are both kind of unequivocal in showing how satanic that idea yeah, truly yeah, is really. in keeping with Moses. But I think the, the woman is Zion, you know, the, and the prophecies all the way through, particularly Isaiah, but also through other prophets as well, I think are fulfilled in this, that... What, what happened was not just that a mortal girl um, gave birth to the Son of God, but that, you know, cosmically speaking, apocalyptically, mm -hmm. you know, um, heavenly perspective showed that there is this um, thing that has transpired, which is just the, that's it's what the real thing behind the incarnation truly was. And it's, it's incredible, yeah. I, I, <clears throat> I suppose for me, I always wonder whether there's a... Because, you know, we have this um, 
kind of very ingrained sense that the book of revelation is a timeline yeah and we've we've i think our approach has has been to question that mm-hmm. i mean this this really does hijack it doesn't it it does it's, it, going it's right disruptive to any chronology to a sort of whoa yeah. hold on okay Surely, where are we now even if we're not sure about who the woman is we know who the dragon is we know yeah. who the male child is and we know what that attempt to gobble him up was but the there's a to me there's like a kind of shadowy truth that is also t- captures me by mm. this and um if we were to say that if we look at Romans 8 again which we've alluded to sure. so far a couple of times that sense of the church groaning yeah in travail which mm-hmm. is another word for labor pains isn't yes, it for childbirth yeah. so the church the people of God, Jew and Gentile, sure. every tribe, nation, that thing. Yep. Crying out. What does Paul say they're crying out for? Waiting for the sons of God to, to be, be revealed. revealed. Yeah. Right. So, okay, who are the sons of God? Well, surely that that's is a us. really good question. I guess it's us. It's us more children mm-hmm. and it's anointed servants in the same spirit of the Messiah. So yeah. in the same um, vein as your two witnesses... Mm-hmm. Um, they're crying out for for yet a fulfilment of yes. something, and, that, and and the fullness of the eager yeah. expectation, not just the sort of oh gosh, you know, and it, all of creation groaning with it. Yes, and Jesus then doesn't he in Matthew twenty four he talks mm. about the birth pains and so on and so on and so on. Yeah, um, bringing to birth something which we might see perhaps ultimately as the end of the age. Yeah. I don't know. Well, um, but then, so then the question then is, you know, the devil has always wanted to eat the offspring of faith. Whatever yes. God is producing, Every the devil wants to hijack it, yeah, that's steal right. it. So even though we've got this historical, very clear imagery, yeah. I think we've also got perhaps a continuous from, present from this reality. Paul's mindset, yeah. another thing that inspires me as well. Mm. That, you know, there's still something being born. There's still something being brought to birth yes. that is a work of God. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I, guess, I guess then you start to try, it's a bit, you try and chase it all to ground to exactly fit your theory. And yeah. there are bits that pop out, obviously. Sure. Out, and, but, and yeah. you know, we can sometimes get on a little bit of a over heavy handedness with our desire to link symbols together and make sure. one continuous system, yeah. don't we? But yeah. To me, this sits very much in step with the language of the heavenly Jerusalem, which mm-hmm. we'll read about later, which, you know, people are often upset a bit about the patriarchy aspect of God. They're like, well, if we've got a father and a son, who's the mother? Yeah. Well, Paul says in Galatians, the new Jerusalem, the yeah. heavenly Jerusalem, that She's is our, our mother. mother. Yeah. yeah. And down she comes. She's being established yeah. here in the earth. You know, we are individually part of her and also her offspring because she's yeah. the virgin daughter Zion. That's that's really ingenuinely how I see this. That um, lovely. It's it's a figure of that thing which is both, as you say, a historic fact from the past. Mm-hmm. I.e., Jesus did come and he really did walk around and inaugurate the kingdom and die on a cross and rise again and stuff. But it is also a continuously present reality which is becoming more real and more true as we go. Sure. And so the church does press and and grow and and swell yeah. and. And come to the fullness and the completion of everything that it desires. What are we going to do with verse 6, Pete? And the woman fled to the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God in which she is to be nourished for 1260 days. Oh, 
I think what I would do with that is is at least give the twelve sixty days a measure of respect in the sense that like it surely must link with the the two witnesses that were established Strange to testify that it should to be the, the same time exactly. Yeah, unless God really likes that amount of days, you yeah. have to think of it as a linked symbol. And to me, I'm thinking about that same period of time where. Um, do you remember when Jesus said, you know, when the abomination, the abomination that causes desolation yeah. come, let the one who's in Jerusalem yeah. flee, flee to the hills, run yeah. for the hills, Marbarka, because, you know, woe to the poor person who's, who's pregnant or with yeah. child at the time because it will, their flight will have to take place on the Sabbath. Yes. You um, don't want it to be the winter. And... Yeah. The people that listened to Jesus and heard him speak, when that army marched up, they ran. And they got out. They were like, this is it. This is the thing that he told us would happen. But the people who were fighting against the Romans, who were sure that they would win, because God's on our side and he'll never lose a battle. Yeah, the Uh, zealots and the like. Yeah. And the the great Jewish war that broke out, they didn't run. They stayed. And they were like, you'll never take Jerusalem because it can't be taken. And it's like, well, yes, it can. And some of the things the zealots did were as atrocious as some of the things the Romans did. They were ready to slit throats for God and call that a favour, weren't they? And and they did not recognise the earth-shattering epoch change that was underway. They just looked at the the birth of the church as this sort of... Ah, they they couldn't find it. They couldn't see it. No. They they were the ones who, you know, the the religious institution that combined to to take Jesus out was that same kind of force working to provoke the war with the Romans. And so they just would not, could not hear the warning that Jesus gave them in the first century ahead of time, decades ahead of time, that when it comes, get out of there because Don't it's going to kill you. Yeah. It's going to kill everybody. Yeah. And I do think that that's perhaps roughly what this is. Um, alluding to so that time where they literally fled mm. um, to survive yeah, yeah. I think so yeah. and they were they were cared, they were cared for by only <laughs> only sort of supernatural means because there wasn't really anywhere to go but mm. I, I I even think that like our internal timeline should be kind of just slightly reconfigured you know the church has those two great holidays you know Christmas and Easter mm-hmm. where we celebrate the birth of Christ the incarnation the coming of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, light in the darkness that's such a great sort of example yeah. and easter the great triumph over mm-hmm. death and mortality and over satan the resurrection i almost feel like there should be another one you know in the other third of the year where we celebrate 70 ad or commemorate it rather right. than celebrate it right. wow. because to me all across the new testament there are these three great moments before and after which everything is different. Mm. So the coming of Christ, the incarnation of God in the form of a human um, is one. The Easter event, you know, maybe we could call the inauguration of the kingdom a single thing, but it's mm. like the cross and Easter sort of sum up all that thing in which Jesus' ministry yeah. is completed and he's up to heaven. You know, maybe we... Pentecost rolled we in. We got Pentecost <laughs> yeah. sort of sandwiched yeah. in there because it's around it's about so the same important. time yeah. within the timeline of Acts and, and the Gospels. But this other event, 70 AD, is the time after which everything is different. You know, mm. there can be no hiding it for the Christians. Yeah. They clearly see 70 AD as this moment when the all the old realities of, of the hope for a kingdom of Israel, a hope for a Jewish kingdom nation with a son of David on the throne, mm-hmm. all of that stuff is irreparably dashed. Yeah. Right. And, and there can be no more faith placed in 
the scheme of, of having a single country standing yeah. somewhere in the world that that's sort of God's country yeah. where all the other countries are the enemy's countries. For the Christians, this means that God has brought to an end his commitment to a geographic location for the people of God. Now it's the mission is every nation, every tribe, we mission, have evangelism. incredible statement, don't we, um, in Hebrews, here we have no lasting city. It's true. And for the Jewish believer, I would have thought that would have been quite a hard statement mm. to hear. Yeah, and but, what, what people say, because a lot of people within Christians who, who aren't Jewish, <clears throat> for instance, a lot of people who are very sort of conscious of, of the covenant with Israel and keen to sort of um, not lose any aspect mm-hmm. of our Jewish roots and yeah. the sort of Jewish situation of the original new covenant. A lot of them would say, you know, promises that God makes don't come not true. So yeah. if there's got to be a temple, there's always going to have to be one coming. And, you know, if there's a Jerusalem, the things that God says about Jerusalem lasting forever, that it all has to be true. But they've, conveniently forget that period where there was no son of david actually literally sitting on the throne in jerusalem well, sure and god there says isn't, no there isn't today no but there is in heaven yes. in the heavenly Temple. the heavenly reality yes the son of david has always been on the throne so yes. it was never not true yes that the promise to david existed before david was born yeah and the simplest way that I can square the circle and, and try not to offend anybody, because obviously I don't know everything and I don't know all of the details. And mm-hmm. a lot of people are very persuasive. Yeah. Are all the promises yes and amen in Christ? They yeah. are, aren't yeah. they? they? Everything is yes and amen. Otherwise, in you, you end up with a kind of category of promise that only Jewish people can claim. And, then and got, only Gentile people can claim so two separate mm, categories, or or at least everybody else can claim these yeah. ones. These are up for grabs, but these ones are private, strictly yeah, members only kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't get there. I can't <laughs> read the works of the apostles where they talk so continuously about Jew and Gentile, mm-hmm. which you know, as English Christians, we often struggle with a bit because it's like I don't even know any Jewish people. Um, <laughs> it's it's tricky to sort of think the Romans is sort of Christian theology condensed and like half of it, more than half of it is explicitly about Jew and Gentile coming together, you know, one covenant, new covenant to, to bind together the two. Um, Ephesians uh, chapter one that you've read the other session, it's it's one, one new man out of the two old ones. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is so much the, the kind of call of this text and this whole kind of passage of play that the kingdom has come. And now we don't need an earthly Jerusalem. We don't need an earthly king of son of David. We don't need an earthly empire. We don't need an earthly Ark of the Covenant. We don't need an earthly um, anything because we are the temple. Yeah. We are, you know. But look what will happen at the end yeah. is actually all of those things that, that people have hoped for and longed for will be fulfilled. Their heavenly reality will the, be uncovered. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. And it will be called Jerusalem. That's right. There's the new Jerusalem. Yeah. So it's like the fulfilment to Abraham and everybody else is all in there, isn't it? Yeah, it it? is. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. So verse 7 then. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. (coughs) Excuse me. And the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down... 
that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, he was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. Mm -hmm. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them, but woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. Exactly. This is a very loaded passage isn't it i mean saturated you remember um in chapter 11 uh we were talking about at what point in history satan was banished from access to god's courts in heaven um and i said oh there may be a verse coming up that might question that a bit yeah um you know we've got here he accuses them day and night before our god's present tense yeah i don't know what uh just talk just let's unpack it a bit Pete mm-hmm. if we can well I mean to me this is the the sort of heavenly reality that was re- represented on earth through the establishment of the kingdom of heaven because the the chorus line which is that now the salvation and power and kingdom of God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before mm-hmm. our God that is a chorus you could sing in the first century Yes. To me. Yeah. You know, th- this is a thing that became true in the first century, which wasn't true before Jesus came and now is and always will be true. You know, the reign mm-hmm. of God, the kingdom of God, the defeat and the casting down of Satan yeah. so that he loses his place and his claim and the reduction in his power, which is tantamount to him just being a huffy little kid who's turning over chairs and being invited to the party just because he knows his time is short he knows there's no way he can win and it sits in in step with the the sort of surprising and marvelous things that john writes in his letters which is that you know you've already overcome you know and i'm like oh but i feel like i haven't because the (laughs) present battle with sin is still so ferocious and you know there's if there's war in heaven in this passage, there's war in my heart all the time. And it's like, is Jesus going to win or is Satan going to win? John sees it with this gloriously elevated 3D heavenly mm-hmm. perspective. And he's like, it's already over in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, what we've got to do here on earth is to be in step with the spirit, to walk with the spirit, to walk by the spirit, to, um, you know, enact the fullness of the astonishing event that took place all those centuries ago, mm-hmm. but to be participators in it. And to me, this this moment is is the moment, you know, the verses one to six are the incarnation of Christ yeah. on earth and verses seven down to 12, to me, are the sort of attempt Satan made to hijack it, to, to kind of threaten the church and stop the process from happening. But he was roundly cast down out of heaven and now he's stuck here. So yeah. he's going to thrash and moan and complain mm-hmm. and accuse and, and be that horrible, nefarious, um, unwelcome guest in the world. But actually... The saints have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb. You know, it's is, amazing, isn't it? Is it finished or not? That statement is 
just awesome mm. because you've got the you know on the one hand we we saw in chapter 11 didn't we that yeah. kind of scenario where you've got these witnesses um prophesying and holding the line mm. if you like for jesus and being willing to die Working and actually having to die yeah. but it, as it happened yeah but now we've got this statement you know, because the enemy seems so powerful. Yeah. Sometimes in those those descriptions, but they have conquered and him. Now, yep, it's past tense. Yes. And and the statement is just so powerful, isn't it? Mm. By they conquered him by the blood of the lamb. So this is the only currency. Yeah. That forgives our sins, pays our debts, yeah. gets us free from all the. Yeah stuff we should reap is the yeah. blood of the lamb but then this the other the currency testimony. is the word of their testimony yes that constant faithful witness them that that they're giving day and night day and night out of their mouths and by their lives and then they love not their lives even unto death so mm. that kind of is the the our modern concept of martyrdom yeah is kind of the witness understood. we bear to it all yeah yeah, yeah. And the, the 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 fact that our lives are expendable, mm. and of course around the world today, lots and lots and lots of Christians are actually paying that price just to even now yeah. keep their testimony going. That's right, They're having and to give their lives yeah. from the first century until the twenty first, and on into the future. I'm sure, absolutely sure, that that will continue because the blood of the Lamb won. In the first century, yeah. didn't it? Like, yeah. it is finished. Yeah, it hasn't out suddenly and started working now at no, the end sure. of times. No, it's no, been it, it was done then. It was, in the moment. And he sat down at the right hand of the Father, and he sits down because the work is, to an extent, completed. Yeah. And yet, the earthly outworking of that same work yeah. is still underway, isn't it? It's still underway in our lives. It's still underway internationally. It's still mm-hmm. underway in a cosmic sense. Yeah. But... I think it's right to see this casting down of Satan as the sort of heavenly perspective, which in the heavens is sort of unarguable, yeah. but which is still having an earthly outworking. You know, yeah. he's still thrashing around. He's still roaming the earth like a lion roaring around looking for somebody to devour, says yeah. Peter. So we should still rightly think of this conflict as being underway today. Yes, it's current, isn't it? But if you really examine the statements that are made, like we said before, all of these things are true in the first century. They yeah. come true and they continue to come true all this time. Yeah. yeah. So the the Christians who went to the lions in the Colosseum yeah. and Nero <clears throat> Set did fire. awful things to and oh. so on and so on. Yeah. Those, those incredible martyrs that the world wasn't worthy of. Mm. It was all working then. Yeah. He this was is... overcome. Every single person who yeah. will face ridicule and exclusion and even death for yeah. the name of Jesus is overcoming. Yes. And that is another victory, is another mortal blow to the devil, isn't it? Yeah, and, and it's, a, it, it's a wonderful continuation of that same story, isn't it? Mm. Because I think I can't be alone in sort of sitting in the 21st century looking like, oh, I wish I was there in the glory days. You know, maybe I wish I was there when... The Great Awakening revivals were happening, were happening in the 1700s or maybe the, you know, um, great triumph of the Reformation or the early church in its sort of, you know, meeting those heroes who mm-hmm. we know were alive in those days. I just think 
we are. Yeah. You know, we are because the the whole point of, you know, the the heavenly reality coming true in the whole world is not just that it would be one moment that we sort of hope for in the future or Mm. look back to in the past, but that it would be a continuously presently available reality that the the same people who are in jail because some revolutionary guard corps or secret service agent has thought of them as being some threat to the state. Those people are standing in the exact same tradition of the heavenly reality and their testimony to it the blood of the lamb and the overcoming of the earthly powers by the faithfulness to the testimony and that is what i truthfully see love it Mm. and the world wasn't worthy of the first generation guys it's not worthy of the no current ones it it has no currency that could possibly buy out this glorious reality does it and so that sense of the dragon being a threat on the earth because mm. he his time is short and he's he has come down in great wrath yeah and we do sense and certainly as we look through these judgments you know i i suppose in a sense you've got the wrath of the devil in his a real concerted effort to deceive and enslave mm. believers and we see that don't yeah. they in in we see that don't we rather in the supposedly enlightened west sure yeah. We see the great falling away and coldness of people's hearts towards Jesus. Yeah. Um, and obviously that's part of the lies and the scheming work of the, the devil. Yeah. But then we also see this ferocious Triumphal. judgment that's coming against him and all that yeah. other stuff. And the certainty of the end of it. I mean, yeah. let's remember that Satan was introduced way back in the seven letters to the seven churches, wasn't mm-hmm. he? You know, I know where you live. Satan's, yeah. Satan's got made his, his little camp yeah. there, hasn't he? He's got and a he, nest. And he's going to be torturing you and persecuting ah. you and he's going to be perpetrating yeah. this mayhem on you. This is a present reality for the first century and it's a present reality for us today. That he's angry because he knows his time is short, but... He's most angry, I think, possibly because he knows the certainty of yeah. his doom. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. It's, that's the full. Because he's it, read this it? a lot of times, hasn't I'm he? I'm sure he has. <laughs> I don't think he yeah. likes any of it. No. <laughs> Verse thirteen. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who'd given birth to the male child. But the woman was given the two wings of a great eagle that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to mm. the place where she is to be nourished for a time and times and half a time. The serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with a flood. But the earth came to the help of the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured from his mouth. Then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on, on the, the rest, rest of her, of her offspring. offspring. On those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. And he stood on the sand of the sea. So who are, let's do our who's who to its logical end. Who are the rest of the woman's offspring? Well, he tells us, doesn't he? Yes. He says, those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Well, good that news. is pretty explicit. It's unequivocal, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely. And so that's why we shouldn't see the woman as Mary. Mm-hmm. Because although she did have other kids with Joseph and yeah. you know, Jesus did have brothers, or technically speaking, half-brothers, I guess. Yeah. Or sisters. 
And that's not who's being mentioned here, yeah. is it? We're, we're talking about the offspring of the children of the promise. Yeah. You know, that's that's who there are two women, the children of the slave woman and the children of the free woman. Yeah. We're the children of the free woman. We're the children of Zion. We are the ones who are walking in that same desire to keep the commandments and hold mm-hmm. on to the testimony of Jesus and oppose the satanic ungodly forces that we see that are widely at work, mm. but not just to dig in and, and bite back. But to what I, what do you what I see when I see the hold to the testimony of Jesus? I don't see an intellectual sort of assent like no. I, I hold to this belief. Yeah, I subscribe to this view, <laughs> and I don't see a sort of dug in, defensive, hostile belief either. I no. see the testimony of Jesus as the exact things he said and did, which were. Oh gosh, let's start with love. Let's start yeah. with hope, faith, joy, yeah. passion, honesty. You know, the the transformational work of the Holy Spirit. Mm. That's the testimony of Jesus, isn't and it? And to be honest, Pete, mm. really and truly, what I have seen of the genuine, authentic testimony of Jesus, that is entirely worth dying for. Oh, yes. And there is no other, there's no philosophy, there's no political template that you could imagine being imposed on humanity that offers anything like the gospel of jesus offers to humanity so it's like you know anna is my wife sure that is the truth yeah i've lived with her i know her full well and she is a she is my bride you know my she's my soulmate Mother of my children. Mm-hmm. That is a fact. I yes. can't deny that. If someone was to pull my fingers out, mm-hmm. fingers fingernails out, and say, deny, deny that Anna's your wife, <laughs> like, I can't. Be so stupid. <laughs> You'll have to chop my arm off. Because yeah. it's it's the truth. Yeah, and, and I can't. There's just... nothing which will make that not true. Yeah. And so you know, when we who, who have known Jesus and walked with Him for however many years we have now. Mm. me slightly more than you yeah sure. <laughs> paul was walking you with know, jesus when i was born like, and still it's today. like the guy said polycarp said when he was this guy oh, early gosh. he was 90s Christian or something like that pastor man. wasn't he yeah. and they wanted him to deny jesus and yeah. he said why would i deny him he's been faithful to me and loved yeah. me all these years how could i possibly deny yeah. him now like if if I'm ninety something years old, death's coming soon yeah. anyway. Yeah. You know how could I possibly sacrifice the the great and glorious testimony that I've been holding on to all this but time? But for those who have not tasted of His goodness and have never opened their hearts and enjoyed mm. Him and allowed Him to bring the healing and yeah. life that He brings into their lives then I guess, you know, they might not know, they might not value it. But yeah. for for us who have known him, we, we hold to that testimony, yeah. don't we? Because we can't, re- mm. we can't do anything else. But that is it. Because I've, I've spoken with people who will say something like I would say, you know, I can't just do an impression of, of rejecting Jesus. Or, you know, I can't pretend I don't believe in him when in fact I do. Because it would be a pretend yeah. and a lie. You know, yeah. it would be a lie to run away. So... Equally, I've met many people who are just as cemented into their atheism mm-hmm, or their sure, agnosticism sure. or their unbelief as that. You know, they say, I can't just pretend to believe in God when no, in fact sure. I don't. 
And this this highlights that stuff we were saying before about the the need to recognize that salvation is a miracle. It's, it's an incredible. You know, to transform yeah. the heart and to make a person able to bear a faith that they currently don't. That is a miracle. And that's why the worldly systems of, of politics and, and economics and stuff mm-hmm. are never worth our life, not truly, yeah. because... Uh, you know the problem is what however perfect the system is people are still bad in their yeah. hearts aren't they people no system can possibly do it yeah. only the pouring out of god's spirit yeah. can regenerate bring life to a person and make them kind of walk in the truthfulness yeah. of this testimony and i just desire and it so much absolutely, to see it more absolutely a law can curtail my behavior my activity yeah. but only, only the gospel of limited jesus extent. can reform my heart yeah yeah to make me transform Wow. Jesus, we thank you for this incredible gospel. We thank you for the testimony of Jesus, which is so utterly worth living Mm. and worth even dying for. We thank you, Lord, for all those incredible people who have gone before us and who even now are facing these stark choices. And we ask for your peace and your blessing on them and their families. In the beautiful name of Jesus. Mm. Amen. Amen.